Welcome to Benin City Podcast, where we strive to bring you truth for your transformation. Grab your notepad and pen as we lean into this week's message. Now, what we're going to do today is I'm going to speak on four different components uh, you are to look out for when hearing the word of the Lord. And I want you guys to write um, this down. Four different components you are to look out for when hearing the word of the Lord. Um, it's been a minute, so I'm just going to ease myself back in. Um, and I want you guys to just follow me. Is that okay? Is that okay? All right. So what I believe the Lord wants to do over the next few weeks before we transition into the new year is that he wants to enlarge our spiritual capacity as a church. He wants to enlarge our spiritual capacity as a church. Last week was phenomenal. My first time not being in service, but I was active online. Um, And one of the things that the Lord was really laying heavily on my heart has been um, and is that your acceleration is dependent on your submission. Your acceleration is dependent on your submission. There is something about the submission of a person that provokes God to bring exaltation. The Bible says, humble yourself before the Lord and he will what? Lift you up. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will lift you up. That means that there is a principle. There is an equation spiritually that if you want to see maturity, if you want to see growth, if you want to see elevation, you have to embody humility. You have to embody meekness in the spirit. You have to separate yourself from that which causes you to be prideful. Are you hearing me? The word today is humility and meekness. The word submit in the Greek is the word tapinus. And what that means is not rising far from the ground. Listen, submit. The word is not rising far from the ground. It's subjecting yourself and bringing yourself low with intention. Submission is one of the most profound things in the kingdom. It's one of the most profound things because in the world when we submit, we actually lose. When you submit in the world, you throw in the towel. When you submit, it means that the person is tired. They're fatigued to the point where they cannot go on any longer. In the world, it means that something has overpowered you to the point where you have no choice but to back down. But in the kingdom, when you submit, you don't lose. It means you're victorious. All throughout scripture, you see the advantages of submission. And one of the most profound moments of submission is found in the book of Matthew where Jesus Christ goes to a place of crushing. He goes to a place called the Mount of Olives, the place called Gethsemane. Now Gethsemane is the place where oil is produced. Are you guys following me? It's the place where oil is produced. And where oil is produced, there has to be submission to the demands of that place. And what you don't understand is that when you submit, you gain access to power. Let me explain something to you. 
even in the place of tiredness for the life of Jesus Christ, he got himself to a place of submission where he said, God, not as my will, but your will. And it was in those words of submission that the book of Philippians says that his name is above every other name. At the main mention of his name. How did he get there? Not my will, but yours. It was in the submission of his desires. Let me tell you something. The enemy is frightened of a submitted one. Someone whose posture never changes. Someone who says, God, it's all or nothing. I'm not and I cannot move away from this position. It's your will on my life that I am fighting for. It's your destiny for my life that's on the line. My future is on the line. I have to stay submitted. It's my joy on the line. It's my health on the line. I have to stay submitted. So even if it will cost me my comfort, I am staying low. Even if it will cost me my desires, I am staying low. Even if it means separation from my own plans in my life, I am submitted and I am staying low. One of the benefits of a submitted one is that your submission gives you the vision to see yourself the way God sees you. Your submission, your submission to God gives you the vision to see yourself the way God sees you. Some of you, the disobedience you have to, to not divorce yourself from your comfort is actually destroying your life. Some of you are not rebellious to God, you're rebellious to yourself. Your refusal to come in agreement with what God says about you is killing your own destiny. Not just killing your destiny because you have to understand that in the kingdom, your yes impacts the lives of many. So you're not just killing your destiny, the lives of people that are behind your yes. Now they're in a place of stagnation because you have failed to move. I'm trying to help you understand that your submission is a breakthrough for many. Let me tell you, don't let your desire for comfort cost you your future. Don't let it. Don't let the things of the world now cost you from where you are headed. Because you have to understand that manifestation doesn't come by what you do. It doesn't come even by what you say. It comes by where you dwell. It doesn't come by much movement. Are you following me? It comes by fixing yourself into one position and abiding there. Saying, God, I'm low. I'm low today. God, I forever fix myself on that posture. Regardless of where you take me, my posture never changes. You've got to be submitted. I love in the Bible, it says, choose today whom you will serve. <laughs> if it's God, then let your actions show. The times that we're in, you have to understand, it's not a time of complacency. Not at all. It's a time of sensitivity. A time of adaptation. 
The prayer is, God, let me be desperate for you. Even when people are losing focus, let me not lose focus. Let me not shift in my perspective of you. And I'm going to be speaking about four key components of what the Spirit of the Lord does whenever the Word of the Lord is preached. And I want you to write this down. One, He brings illumination. Whenever the Word of the Lord is preached, the Holy Spirit, number one, He brings illumination. Psalm 119, verses 130. Bless you, Psalm 119, verses 130, the Bible says from the New King James Version, it says, the entrance of your words gives light, and it gives understanding to the simple. The entrance of your words brings light. The word entrance speaks of doorways. It speaks of access points. It speaks of realms and dimensions. And what are those realms and dimensions made of? The Bible says it's made of light. Follow me. Now, naturally, light is the essence of life. This is not the Bible saying. This is science that says it. Light is the essence of life. Without it, we have nothing. We would be absolutely lost. Scientifically, they say that it is the source of all living things. It's the most valuable resource on this planet. I want you to follow me. Let me give you an example. Plants that we see, they need light, right? They need light for what we call photosynthesis. And for the science students, you will know that this gives plants the opportunity and the capacity to produce their own food and produce food for us all. But one of the most important components is that it produces oxygen. Light. Photosynthesis. It impacts the plants which produces oxygen. And we all know what oxygen does. It's absolutely critical for the continuation of life. We live of oxygen. We survive of oxygen. Where there is a lack of oxygen, there is a lack in life. What am I trying to say? Without light, there is no life. Without light, there is no life. This makes so much sense to me now. Makes so much sense to me. Where, when you saw in the Bible that the place was dark, void, there was nothing there, God's first word was, let there be light. He didn't say anything else. Let there be light because light is life. You have to understand that the emergence of light transitions what is chaotic into order. Light brings the formation of strength. It brings about boldness. It brings about courage. It brings about confidence. I see a notable difference when I see a man walk in light versus a man that walks in darkness, I want three people to come forward quickly. Quickly, quickly, three people. Okay, so we got PJB, we got Bernard, and we've got. I was going to say it's government, but let me just call him Firebrand. Amen? PJB, I want you to. 
I want everyone close your eyes. Not 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 the congregation. You too. Everyone here. Yeah, yeah. Please close your eyes. Where do you want PJB to be, everyone? Yeah? Okay. Okay, so PJB is here. PJB, open your eyes. All right, FB, open your eyes, please, sir. Bernard, close your eyes, please, sir. I want you to walk to PJB. With your eyes closed. Let's clap for Bernard. Bernard, close your eyes. Come back. FB, I want you to walk to PJB. What was the difference? What was the difference? Come on, speak to me. Let's clap for all three of them. Let's take your seats. What you will realize is that because FB had light, he walked with confidence. He walked with absolute certainty. FB walked to PJB. Bernard walked to PJB. There was utter confusion. Though there was movement, it took him longer. Are you hearing me? It took him longer. Because the one with light walks with certainty. There was no confusion within Daniel. I said it. There was no confusion about his intention, about what he wanted to do, because he had illumination. The only difference between the two was that Daniel had light, Bernard was in darkness that means that where the word of the Lord is there is clarity Jesus said in John 8 verse 12 I am the light of the world he who follows me shall not walk in darkness but shall have the light of life John 1 verses 4 to 5 in him was life and the life was the light of all men repeat after me God illuminate my mind. God illuminate my mind. Bring illumination to every area of my life. I'm trying to help you understand how significant light is. <laughs> now the Hebrew word for entrance has two meanings. When you study it, one has a short E and one has a long E. The first meaning with the short E in the Hebrew is the word door. The one with the long E is the word revelation. Meaning that the entrance into something gives you the revelation of what's behind it. It gives you the revelation of what's inside of it. And one of the first things that the word of the Lord does is that it brings illumination. It rearranges and reconfigures your perspectives. It changes and it challenges your focus. 
light brings about movement. It brings forth clarity. And whenever you get into a place where you see no movement, whenever you get into a space where there seems to be darkness all around you, whenever there are seasons of intense confusion, whenever there is shackles that needs to be broken, you've got to rise up and you have to say, Lord, let there be light. Let there be light over my mind. Let there be light over my life. Let there be light over my family, over my health, over my next steps. Teach me to walk in your light and never choose darkness. Illuminate my next steps. God, I am confused about what to do next. Give me light. It is in the entrance of the word, the revelation of the word, that will keep in the light. I'm still laying foundation. As the word of the Lord comes forth, there must be one illumination. Number two, there must be a stirring of hunger and desire for intimacy. Stirring of hunger and a desire of intimacy. Matthew 4 verse 4. The Bible says, he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. We've just understood that without light, we have no life. However, when you begin to understand spiritual realities, you understand that supernaturally, how we sustain life is by the word. And I remember reading this and I was saying, God, make it make sense. How does one thing that feeds me makes me hungry at the same time? Listen to this. The word of the Lord feeds you, but as you eat, you get hungry. Some of you will always be hungry because you never eat. You're not getting it. Some of you will always be thirsty because you never drink from the well that never runs dry. You're not getting it. If you want longevity, if you desire weight in the spirit, you have to eat. When I'm talking eat, I'm talking about the word of God. How can you eat something that fills you up but makes you hungry at the same time? How can you eat something? Have you got to the position where you are eating so much of the word, you are really embarking in the feast of the word and you just can't wait to go back? It stirs up such a hunger inside of you that though you are full, you are hungry. And this is what I said to God when I was studying. God, I've made this decision that I'm going to eat until I'm hungry. <laughs> it's a paradox. It doesn't make sense. Because you can tell supernaturally, you can tell spiritually, those who are malnutrition spiritually to those who are fed. Because there's a glory that overshadows those who eat. In Acts 19, the Bible talks about God doing extraordinary miracles through a man who was fed. His name was Paul. And in Acts 19, you will see that a man who is fed, extraordinary things follow this man. This man called Paul was walking in such dominion that the Bible says that even handkerchiefs and aprons that touched his skin, this... He put it on the sick and immediately they were healed. I'm talking about eating. 
as the chapter continues, we meet seven sons and their father was called Sceva. These men had desire but lacked the discipline to sit down and eat. Listen to me. They had the desire but they lacked the discipline to sit down and eat. They tried to cast out the devils like Paul was doing. And in Acts 19, 15 to 16, the Bible says, but the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, Paul I know, who the heck are you? Who the heck are you? They tried to cast out this spirit, and the evil spirit just said, look, this ain't your roommate, you're not weighty in the spirit. And what was so crazy about it is that in verse 16, the Bible says, And the man in whom the, the evil spirit was on leaped on them, mastered all of them, and overpowered them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Imagine going for deliverance, and you are the one who's screaming and shouting. He says, You have no authority because you have not eaten. But you have to understand that for the sons of Sceva, the desire got them there, but their lack of discipline almost destroyed them. This is why you have to be careful about people who are just puffed up with desire for God. You have to understand that desire is not the destination, it's the entrance. The equation is simple. If desire does not birth discipline, it's nonsense. Desire has to birth discipline. You cannot tell me that you have a desire for the things of God and you do not have the discipline to walk in it. So the Bible says, if you will love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, let that love fuel your discipline to remain in me. Remain in me as I remain in you because you cannot bear fruit by yourself because you have to be disciplined. Be disciplined to eat because the more you eat, the hungrier you get. And we're in that time, we're in that season where the rules of engagement is shifting. Time is not a respect of a person. It doesn't care whether or not you've been doing this for 10 years. You will see a man that has dedicated their life to God today that will surpass people who have been doing this for 20 years. It's not about longevity and how long you've spent. It's about your hunger. And your hunger is determined by how much you have eaten. So if you want to partner with the future, if you want to partner with destiny, if you, want to, if you desire progression and maturity, you have to eat. Some of us are so busy with life, we have forgotten that it was Mary who chose the good path. When you look at the story of Mary and Martha and Luke, you understand that the Bible says Mary chose the good part because upon all the running around by Martha, she stayed under the feet of Jesus Christ, feasting. And by feasting, I'm talking about Mary sitting down and hearing the word of the Lord from Jesus. But whenever we read this, we always talk about Martha in a very, very different light. Talking about Martha doing the wrong thing. One thing you have to understand when you actually read it is that Jesus didn't correct Martha for serving. Jesus corrected Martha for being worried and upset while serving. 
Let me say that again. He did not correct Martha for serving. He corrected her for being upset and worried while serving. Let me correct some people in this house. Be very mindful of moments where your service in church becomes an issue of complaint because you are seeing that others don't serve the way you do. Be very, very, very careful. Because in that moment, you are serving and it's good, but your complaint takes you out of the blessing. There is no blessing in that. When you serve, serve well. Do it for the glory of God. Encourage and empower other people to serve, but never find yourself complaining in the process. Yes, I know not many people do many things, but you have to make that decision in your mind that I cannot find myself complaining in the place of service to God. Is everyone hearing me? Mary did the good thing because she stayed listening to the words of Jesus Christ. This is important because you have to understand that every, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God is a seed. And until a seed lays on good foundation, it will never bear much fruit. This word is like a seed on your heart. And you must develop the discipline to enable it to dwell there. You must allow it to let it take shape in your heart. Let it transform you. Let it develop you. And when it's cultivated, it will blossom you to become one that transformed the lives of many. Are you hearing me? Now, you've all heard me say eat. And when I say eat, I'm talking about taking in God's word. So hearing of God's word must arise a hunger inside of you that enables you to be desperate. That there is a desperation that God, I cannot be a part of the things that I once was a part of. And I want to lead into the third point and I'm going to end here because we have to pray. The third point is that the emergence of God's word must lead to the renewal of your mind. It must lead to the renewal of your mind. Romans 12 verse 1 to 2. I appeal you therefore brothers by the mercies of God present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God which is your spiritual worship do not be conformed to the world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect it's important for us to understand as I close off that you cannot encounter the living word of God and still have the same mindset you cannot gain access to the mysteries of the word and still decide to live the way the world does. Now, I don't know about you, but we've made the decision to be different. Right? The consecration means to be set apart. It's a scary sight for me. When I see believers engaging in the things they were once freed from, Freedom in Christ does not give you the freedom to do as you please. And I know this is not going to sit well, but I'm going to say it with chest. The word renewal is the word renovation. It's the change into something new. The change is for better. 
not for the same, not for the worst. The word must enable you to recognize the differences in perceptions and perspectives. So I hear sometimes people's excuses, or oh, Jesus Christ didn't stay in the four walls, so I can go outside. But you have to understand that when Jesus Christ left the four walls, he, worked, he left a purpose and a mission. He didn't go there to look like everybody else. When they saw him, they saw something different. When they see you, what do they see? Can they differentiate you as someone who follows Christ? in every environment that you are in. He was in the world, but not of the world. How can you free the world of something that you yourself are a part of? I mean, that's, that's, that's you being a part of a system that you're trying to uproot. How does that make sense? Because the system that you're trying to uproot, because you're a part of it, you uproot yourself. The renewal of the mind is an invitation to education. It's the ultimate posture of humility that says, God, correct my patterns. Correct my perceptions about how life ought to be lived. And I want us to rise up. The final point is that the environment has to be conducive for encounters. And what I want us to do, so if you can lift it up, is that it's important for us to understand how much our obedience enables an environment that brings about freedom and liberation in the lives of our brothers and our sisters. An encounter is the name given to a spiritual experience that creates conviction. It's a meeting between God and man that changes the life of the person. It's an invitation to the new. We thrive in this kingdom on the strength of our convictions. And these convictions are the products of encounters. Somebody say encounters. Now in a moment, I want us to pray. Now, I don't know about you, I can't live off past encounters. I need a refreshed. I need a refreshed encounter with Jesus. Something so tangible that it frees me and enables me to walk in boldness, enables me to walk in confidence, enables me and pushes me to walk into the next realm and the next dimension of my purpose. And what I want us to do is that we're going to start. But all we're going to do is we're going to pray, God, enable this environment to be conducive for an encounter with you. That's the only prayer point. Guys, I want you to pray with everything you have. And when I say everything, I'm not just talking about your noise. I'm talking... I'm not just talking about the noise. I'm talking about the intensity 
your belief. Don't just say the words because you think it sounds good. Believe those words. God, enable this environment right now. I'm not talking about later. Right now, let it be conducive for an encounter. If not me, let it be my brother. If not me, let it be my sister. Let it be conducive for an encounter with you, Jesus. For my life cannot remain the same. The lives of those in this room cannot remain the same. Come on, lift up your voice and pray. Yep, 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 yep. Fresh, fresh. Fresh, fresh encounters, fresh encounters, come on pray. Don't get tired, we've just started. We've only just started. We've only just started. Come on, press in, press in. Come on, press in. Wake up her. Supre let this be conducive for an encounter. Let this be conducive for an encounter. Come on, pray. Change my life. Change my story. In this moment, come on, pray. Yup, 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 yup,
Alright, let's stop. I want you all to understand something. Now, for many of us, there are many things that's happening within our lives. For many of us, there are burdens involved within our lives. What I want you all to understand is how significant the prayer of a righteous one, a righteous one does. And as we begin to lift up our voices, if I change the prayer point, everybody will be shouting in the street. What I'm asking you to pray is a selfless prayer because this doesn't just impact you. It impacts everybody else in this room. So when we pray another time, I want to see everybody praying. I don't care if you have to lie down. I don't care if you're on your knees. Whatever you have to do, I want you to pray with intensity. What I know the Spirit of the Lord is going to do is that right now, it's like prophetically, the Spirit of the Lord is hovering over this room. He's hovering over this room, waiting for the releasing of the Word. And like in Genesis, the Word was, let there be light. And as we pray, we are declaring, let there be light. Now light for one could be, let there be freedom. Light could be for one, let there be deliverance. Light could be that yes, you've gone through bad things, but you are now in a good season. You cannot go back. Are you hearing me? So I want us to begin prayer. God enable this environment to be conducive for encounters. Lift up your voice. Come on, come on, come on, come on. We've just got a few more minutes, a few more minutes, come on. Come on, lift it up, lift it up. Come on, lift it up, lift it up. So, come on, let it be conducive. Let it be conducive. Let it be conducive. Miracles, signs, wonders. Miracles, signs, wonders. Come on, lift up your voice. Come on, lift up your voice. 